African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue. We'll come to you every Monday to Thursday and bring you the big conversations of what's happening on the African continent. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Moshatama, on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. we also on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet there. Definitely today, the African National Congress's 54th elective conference is still underway. It's in its third day in Nazareth, Johannesburg. We're still waiting for the results. Nominations of candidates were announced last night and currently uh, the delegates are still waiting for that final result. Well, we're going to really look at the discussion on what really has been happening in the past weekend at the conference and today the expectations that we can actually wait for I know that for journalists I know for analysts I know for delegates at the conference it was a late night or late morning rather so people trickling back even in the early hours of this morning so let me speed it up because I know that we have the Secretary General of the ANC from KZN joining us Super Zuma as well in our studio we've got Tapelo Tel who's joining us as our political analyst. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Tatezuma, in terms of uh, looking at what is happening in terms of uh, uh, the status right now. I know you're very tired. I heard from one of our journalists saying that you've had a long, long day. But so far, uh, is the delegation happy with how the voting has unfolded? Yes. Uh, as I say, uh, you couldn't sleep uh, the whole the whole night. Mm. Uh, the process of it and it was very slow at the beginning. Uh, as, as, a, as a result, mm. we started voting as was on the early hours of this morning. In fact, not early hours because we started about after eight, I think. Uh, so, but uh, I think the process went. I mean, Toward the end, it was uh, going very well. It was very smooth. So, yeah, we have concluded now uh, with, uh, with the voting as the province. And I've been told that all mm-hmm. other places have already voted now. Do we know how long we're going to be waiting for? Is there any expectations? I heard earlier on on another radio station uh, here at the SAB saying that the counting is going very well, that we could expect the result anytime soon. Uh, can you give us a heads up on that? Do we know what's happening in that regard? That would be too difficult for me. It would be just a mere speculation. In fact, we left with Sometimes uh, these processes take I mean, uh, too long. Sometimes mm. it's a very, very simple process. So it's very difficult to speculate. Mm. 
Well, I'm going to give you a last final question because I can already hear that you're already t- very, very tired, Mr. Zoom. But just looking at uh, the, the the court cases that came out this particular weekend where there was an exclusion of very much key um, provinces uh, from a provincial perspective and there were also problems with the registration and a lot of complaints around that. Uh, has there been any kind of conflicts that have unfolded due to that or was the resolutions and what were the resolutions to counter some of those adjustments? Uh, uh, I've been part of the credentials committee mm. uh, which later became a steering committee of the conference. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to let you go, uh, Mr. Zuma, in terms of, because I can hear you very tired, so I'll, I'll let you actually go get some rest as well. But thank you for giving us a bit of an update on the feeling of what's happening on the ground, getting some uh, views from an official uh, from uh, the party itself. And uh, good luck with things going forward, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again after the results in uh, uh, the coming days. But thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to have a quick break then. I'm going to come to you, Tapelo, in terms of looking at how this is all unfolding, uh, super highlighting the fact that he thinks that uh, it has been a very much uh, of a good conference, pretty much sounds relaxed from where he's sitting. But from someone sitting outside, there's been so many dynamics in this conference that show how robust and how uh, conflicted it has been in certain moments. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
Okay, we're looking at uh, the 54th elective conference today on Channel Africa here on African Dialogue. I want to come to you, Tapelo, in terms of looking at the dynamics that have unfolded at the beginning of the conference. Already at the beginning of the conference, the first day, we saw that delay when it came to the registration. And uh, we saw that very much conflicted moment where Gwete Mantacho, while the registration was taking place, speaking about the exclusion of those key uh, met. Uh, provinces that will not be participating in, in in the voting. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts when you saw all of that unfold, especially we saw a huge delay with those registration. Already you could see that this is going to be a bit of a different conference. Look, I think I wasn't surprised by the by, by those delays. I think I wasn't surprised as well mm. by the fact that they had to wait for the court judgments which pronounced on the different delegations of Bujanal in the northwest, obviously mm. KZN and Bloomfontein sure. and so mm. forth. But I think what's important is that they were trying to also manage that process to make sure that there are no sort of branches that slips through the hole in the sense that those who are supposed to be delegates nominated by branches are people who eventually come to conference and are, are authorized to vote. And I yeah, think that's, sure. that's quite important. Yeah. But it's not surprising. It's a huge delegation. We're talking about roughly 4,000-something delegates. So there was inevitably going to be two lines. You saw that there was a different registration process mm. for, you know, for, for, for those members of the media. Sure. And there's a different for those who are, you know, who are supposed to be of delegates of conference. Sure, sure. So I think there was an understanding that there's going to be some delays. Mm. But I don't think that, you know, effectively the conference is behind slightly by 8 to 10 hours, if not 24 hours. Mm. But I think they'll be able to make up for the time. Mm. And, and looking at that announcement from Kwete Mantashe, highlighting the fact that those provinces that you highlighted because of those court decisions due to the irregularities that were uh, revealed to the those courts, specific courts, they couldn't participate uh, in this particular conference. How do you think that changed the dynamics of... Uh, the outcome? Do you think it made a difference? Look, from what we can gather is that there is roughly 300 votes that were wiped off as a result of those court judgments, okay. obviously in the different in the different provinces as well. Mm. And indications seem to be that that, you know, plus minus 300, most probably under just 300, you know, are votes that could have gone to the NDZ campaign. Mm. But I think obviously the the final arbiter will have to be on the numbers. What is the actual outcome of this officials' elections? Um, um, but 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 I'm not quite sure if it's mm. going to be. I mean, if you look at even before then, the margin between Mr. Cyril and Mengkwasasana has always been around 300 to 400, at, sure. at least in terms of the branch nominations that sure, we had sure. initially received. So I'm I'm not quite sure. I mean, immediately off one can say that's the case that those 300 odd may be a big difference. But mm. but again, remember, branch nominations are not necessarily delegate status. It's it's not yeah. boots on the ground. ground so sure. so that may still be a deciding factor, given that the leagues and the pieces of the ANC must yeah, still yeah. vote as well. You know, what I'm also interested in <coughs> the outcomes of what we saw yesterday, especially the nominations himself. We saw the, the the prediction itself that was very solid from the beginning. The fact that the main nominees for president will be Kosazana Lamini Zuma yeah. and Cyril Ramaphosa and the branches across six provinces actually nominated uh, between the, the both of them. But when you saw that number from uh, uh, that nomination phase, do you think it actually predicts what might be happening moving forward? When I saw that number of Ramaphosa getting 1,469 uh, branches voting for him versus the 194 branches, do you think that sets up the tone of who will lead or could we see a shift of dynamics moving forward? 
Look, I think Stephen Friedman had earlier said this. I mean, it, it, it's a simple process of branches voting according to the mandate of that. You know, mm. of, of of what has been, or rather, delegates voting according to the mandate given to them by the branches, and it's quite clear those are indications, obviously, of branch nomination, mm. which means the branches who have delegations of two or three people mm. must vote accordingly. So that number must obviously increase for for that Cyril Ramaphosa. Sure, sure. So I think it would be quite odd then to have a different outcome. Mm. Uh, which obviously would be brought about by the negotiations or lobbying that would happen, but I think it, I, I think mm-hmm. people have already locked heads. There's 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 hardening of attitudes at this conference, mm-hmm. and I think there was a lot of delegation saying that no no we don't want lobbying, which is why you would see that people actually went into the evening to go vote as opposed to waiting for the morning, which was the initial mm-hmm. um, communication sent to media houses. Mm-hmm. So that 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 is not surprising given now that instead of the seven horses that were told about for the presidential mm-hmm. candidates now. We have two. I mean, that that's what I think we've we've all expected that it's mm. going to be. Yeah, let me bring in uh, Ronesh uh, Dorach, who's joining us from uh, NASRAC, a specialist researcher there. Uh, Ronesh, uh, thank you for giving us your time. Morning. Hi, good morning, Benjamin. Uh, great to be with you. Now, Ronesh, it's very interesting to see um, really the dynamics because we're making our own analysis, especially looking at what's came out, especially from a nomination perspective. And I was speaking to Tapelo, our analyst here, Tapelo Tselapedi, uh, who was looking at the fact that uh, really the 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 nominations themselves could give us a little bit of a, a signature of what could be unfold in a few minutes as uh, uh, the final result is yet to be said or re- announced. Uh, do you think that we'll see major changes uh, uh, due to uh, this uh, nomination or do you think it would be probably fixed to the dynamics that we're seeing here with this nomination list? I think the list that came out yesterday from the elections agency at uh, plenary at Nazrek was not surprising at all. I think the biggest surprise for all of us was the uh, withdrawal or the decline of nomination by the former chairperson of KZN, mm. uh, uh, KZN ANC, uh, Dr. Zwilim Kiza. That mm. took everybody by surprise, and obviously there were gasps. Uh, you know, in plenary, because everybody expected him to be uh, the uh, so-called unity candidate. Sure. But, but but if you look at all the nominations, and remember, it, it's very important that we have to make a distinction between these are branch nominations that emanated from the provincial general councils from all provinces around mm. the country of mm. the ANC. And remember, some of the ANC branches are much bigger than other branches. Like, for example, in KZN, we know that Itikweni is the largest region of the ANC, uh, you know, uh, in the country. So uh, it has a membership of around 90,000. So one branch nomination could mean anything between one to seven delegates. So when you look at those figures, when you look at those numbers, those branch nominations uh, yesterday, you've got to be very circumspect, uh, circumspect, very cautious about how you interpret them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, like I said, those uh, branch nominations uh, you know, do not equate to one delegate yeah. uh, per branch. So if you look at uh, for, the presi- uh, for, for the president's post, so Ramaphosa uh, you know, came out on top with 1,469. He was nominated by six provinces, mm-hmm. also six provinces nominating Dr. Nkosazana Dlamini-Zuma with 1,094. Then, the, uh, for me, which caught my attention was the post of the deputy president. This was where William Kizer, you know, withdrew his nomination. Yeah. He declined. Uh, we've got the uh, current 
uh, Premier and Chairperson of Mpumalanga leading mm. uh, the Deputy President's post with 1,128 uh, branch nominations, and his closest contender is obviously uh, Lindy Wesisulu with 619. She was nominated by uh, four provinces. Mm-hmm. Then when we go to the uh, chairperson's post, we've got the current Secretary General of the ANC, that's Gwede Mantashe. He's been nominated by seven provinces, and I think that's quite a majority, and 1,499 branch mm-hmm. nominations. Mm-hmm. His closest rival is Nati Mtetwa, who is the Arts and Culture Minister. He was nominated by five provinces. Then very quickly, uh, the uh, Secretary General's post, again, uh, uh, well, I consider this a landslide, actually, because it's uh, Senzo Mkunu, the former Premier and uh, Chairperson of KZN, nominated by seven provinces with 1,479 uh, branch nominations. And his uh, closest person is uh, the so-called, uh, well, the title is kind of dubious in the air at the moment, uh, Ace Makashule is the current uh, Free State Chairperson. Mm. He was nominated by five provinces, 930 branch nominations. So it's very close. But, but you know, just to recap on the last two, uh, the Deputy SG, uh, the current incumbent, Jesse Duarte, mm. nominated by seven provinces, 845 branch nominations. And she's up against uh, Kusatu's second Deputy President, Zingisa, Zingiswa Losi, rather, uh, with 361 uh, branch nominations, nominated by three provinces. And lastly, for me, this uh, stands out because this seems like a foregone conclusion Sorry. according to the numbers that we are seeing from the uh, branch nominations. Paul Mashatide, the current chairperson of Gauteng, leading with, well, not really leading, but, but he got the most nominations mm. with 1,581. Uh, Seven provinces endorsed mm. Paul Mashatile to manage the finances of the ANC for the next five years. His competition, his rival in that nomination is the current uh, international relations minister, Maite Nkwana Mashabane. She received the endorsement from four provinces and the branch nominations of 275 uh, branches of the ANC. But mm-hmm. if you look at all these figures and all these numbers, like I'm saying, you know, as the media, we have to be very cautious, very circumspect, very careful, because these are branch nominations, and uh, some branches are bigger they have more delegates. So things so, could change very yeah. quickly when the results are finally announced around 2.30 this afternoon. So it's 2.30 indeed. Tapela, looking at what uh, Ronesh has already highlighted, do you see a definite um, f- uh, direction in terms of uh, the slates, the predicted ones, and the current um, uh, characterization of these nominations? Uh, do you see which camp is which camp? Can you unpack that for us? I mean, definitely, if you look at the, the president post, you look at the SG, the national chair, and the treasury, that's that's quite a clear slate, and I think that was obviously talked about. Mm. The, As you correctly pointed out as well, the, the sort of wild card in the sense is, is the position of Didi Mabuza for, mm. for deputy president, and I think also DSG for for JC Duarte, I think that's those are interesting cards because sure. th- those are people who have historically, at least in, in this campaign trail, have been pushing for NDZ in one so, way or another, so. or at least been associated with, mm. with her, and her and her campaign. So I think that's quite interesting, and I think that may change. I suspect yeah. we'll see if those numbers are going to increase. Obviously, yes, he's quite right. Again, there has to be a reminder that branch nominations do not necessarily equate to the delegation or, sure. or to the delegation. Or, you know, people that that are going to actually vote on the ground mm. there, mm. which is true. 
But I think we, we, I think, like I said, people's attitudes are hardened in this conference. And I think one of the issues that was also pointed out is that mm. it's quite difficult also to, to be able to bribe people and, and, and make them vote <laughs> in a particular way. Mm. So I don't think that's going to be quite easy. Okay. And I think people have a mandate to vote. The delegates have a mandate to vote according to their branch mandate. So that's, mm. that's going to be interesting if they veer off. Mm. But it's quite clear again from the conferences, people said there's you know time for lobbying is over. Mm. And, and and I think that came from a particular faction given how they think of their numbers and what their chances are in terms mm. of this election. Mm. And and looking at the, the power dynamics here, what also stood out for me was seeing Paul Mashatile actually standing yeah. out there for uh, Treasurer General because it's someone what you think that would also only appeal from a provincial uh level and yep. you didn't I didn't see it coming that he'd have such a national influence and it seems like his lobbying has been working from a, a national p- perspective look you'll have to t- trace Posh, Paul Mashadile since the time of Mangaung as well mm, I mean you yeah. can go earlier than that sure, but sure. at Mangaung he did try and contest at the National Executive Committee he lost there mm. then from there he was given a member of parliament in, in, in Cape Town as well so already he's had a national focus already he's had a national footprint in that sense mm. and then obviously coming back to Gauteng once he was you know he left as member of parliament coming back to Gauteng to be the member of the executive council here so i think for me it's it's not surprising for him to be to have such you know such a huge support coming to the treasury post mm. obviously i think what's interesting is that that post obviously is about finances <laughs> of the ANC. It's, it's not necessarily a political post in that sense so there, there may be political aspects to it but mm. it's about funding so obviously there's a lot of greater faith in him when it comes to especially when you look at the allegations around him concerning the alexandra project yes, and yes, all of yes. that and you know she's <laughs> around corruption and, and mm. money so that's that's interesting but i don't think it should be surprising that he has this okay. sort of national um, 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 focus okay let me come to you back to you, Ronesh, in terms of yesterday, we heard the president of uh, the current president or outgoing president of the ANC, um, Jacob Zuma, really speaking very much on various uh, positions. I know that he was very much firm of defending himself and uh, almost being very much uh, uh, overprotective of his uh, reputation within uh, uh, the ANC, very much critical with the tripartite alliance as well when he spoke there. And something that also stuck out for me was his assertions, the fact that uh, really he didn't seem to be taking sides during that speech. And how people handled some of his criticisms towards the alliance was also interesting, the responses that people had during that uh, conversation. I think, Benjamin, for all of us, especially the immediate contingency here at uh, NASDAQ, you know, we are here. So, we, you know, we are witness to whatever is transpiring sure. from plenary and the delegates, you know, as they move out of plenary and the media gets to interact them when we do, especially during lunchtime. And I think what uh, stood out for me about the uh, president's uh, final political report, you know, he's been the ANC president since 2007, so he has been a decade at the helm of Africa's oldest liberation movement. Mm. For me, I expected more. Um, you know, for me, somehow, it sounded like another State of the Nation address, another Jan 8 statement, these things we've heard before. But four things, uh, 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 you know, top of mind was the court cases. He mm. referred to the court cases, and he said... Any person, any member of the ANC that is willing to take uh, the ANC to court, they must be thrown or kicked out of the party. 
Um, and, 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 and I found that very surprising because, you know, uh, a couple of years ago at the 2010 National General Council, the, uh, National General Council, uh, the NGC rather, uh, you know, the ANC came out very strongly saying that, you know, before you go to court, ANC members need to sort out their problems, resolve their problems within ANC structures. So she touched on that. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, the thing about the alliance, we know what happened with Kusatu and SACP. He touched on what happened on May Day. He was booed. He wasn't allowed to speak at that event. He's mm -hmm. not allowed to speak even at Kosatu events or even SACP events. Mm -hmm. Then you go back to a couple of weeks at uh, Metsi Maholo. Mm -hmm. We had the by-elections. An entire council went through elections. Um, the ANC, before that by-election, they had 19 seats. Uh, most of them wore, but they had uh, a couple of PR seats. So effectively, those three PR seats were switched from the ANC to the SACP. So the SACP, you know, from within, is inflicting damage on a fellow alliance partner. So, so, so that's very telling. And remember, all of these things, all the court cases, um, you know, all the uh, defamation issues around the uh, ANC's brand, uh, the, the, the ANC's goodwill, is happening or happened uh, under Jacob Zuma's leadership as ANC president. Obviously, lots of other factors uh, came up during that speech. He spoke about state capture very fleetingly. Uh, I expected more detail on that because mm. recently we had that court case. We had that high court case. The deputy president needs to appoint that commission of inquiry as soon as possible, within 30 days. But again, he spoke very fleetingly about it. I expected him to talk more about, you know, what happened since 2007, mm. between 2007 and 2012, and between 2012 and 2017. We saw earlier this year lots of uh, NGOs uh, mobilizing. We saw civil society. Um, a catalyst for all of this kind of civil action was, of course, the uh, funeral of uh, late uh, struggle stalwart Ahmed Khatrada, and then the following um, what's this, memorials mm. uh, held across the country. We had Praveen Gordon in the thrust of things, then the cabinet reshuffles, the economy, unemployment, you know, those kind of matters, you know, which affects everyday South Africans, the poor especially. Uh, you know, when he reshuffled his cabinet, that mass culling that happened on 31st of March, a whole number of ministers were removed, giving more credence and, 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 and more muscle to this whole debate around uh, state capture, the Gupta email leaks. Uh, what's happening at the state-owned enterprises, ESCOM. We're seeing the ESCOM inquiry that's taking place uh, um, in Parliament at the moment. You know, the minister accusing other people of lying and the CEO of ESCOM. <laughs> All these things are... Yeah, so it's multifaceted yeah. in terms of those issues that are on the ground. I don't think yeah. that the president was able to get a hold on them. Tapelo, your thoughts on that? His speech yesterday <coughs> is very much... Uh, self-defense uh, mode that he, he was in, but also I was interested and very intrigued at how the uh, delegates were very much uh, indifferent to that. It's almost they were on a tip like, get over it, we want to move on. There was that sentiment that we're not really, really into this moment. We, we want to see something different from here on. I don't think he got that kind of response of a, a figure who's been in power for 10 years and someone that people are going to be like, thank you. There wasn't that thank you, ululation uh, response to that particular speech yeah. yesterday. Look, I think it was a bit disappointing. Um, I, how I read it was almost as if, you know, there's an enemy within because everybody else was to blame. If it's not the jury, you know, the, the, the courts, if it's not the the civil society, then, then it's people from within. It's those who are taking the ANC to court. It's members of the organization that are disrupting, you know, ANC processes. So I think that that's quite problematic for me. But there's the other issue. I think what's important to understand about the political report is that it's an NEC report. So it's not a Jacob Zuma report. 
Um, I mean, you, you, you'd you have to go back to, you know, how, how you know, former President Tawambek had delivered the reports, yet in a sense, obviously, talked about the programs that had taken place from this period to the next period, as the researcher pointed out as well. And obviously, in this sense, you, you, you don't, we don't talk about that. I mean, he doesn't talk about the report in that sense. You know, it, it almost comes across as personal. But I think what's important is to for us to, to understand that it's an NEC report. And that helps us to understand that some of the issues that he's raised are issues, I think, that the NEC post this conference will also still debate around in terms of that relationship with the SACP, that relationship with COSATU as well. Those those are going to be issues that still permeate throughout the ANC. And I think th- that's an important thing to, to, to recognize without us merely saying that it's a subjective issue and so forth. But certainly there are elements. I mean, you know, one instance he was talking about SACP thoroughly and it's quite clear that it was part of his speech. But then he went off script looking for the COSATU aspect in that speech. They couldn't find it and he just, you know, spoke off of the calf. So that was quite interesting as well. Um, and so I'm not quite sure to what, to what extent the NEC was able to influence that report as well. But certainly, if you look at Gwede's report, the organizational report, that went to the NEC three times. So I would ex- I would expect that the political report given by the president did, did the same mm. as well. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. We have Tapelo uh, Tselape, the fantastic commentary we're getting from them, looking at the fact that we're moments away, just a few moments away from uh, that result, uh, as we heard uh, from Ronesh uh, Dauraj, who is... Uh, specialist researcher here at the SABC based at NASRAC where the conference is taking place. The result will be announced at 2.30 Central African time. Uh, so let's take a quick break and then we'll be back and just get uh, the final sentiments and I'd like to look at maybe a projection to what each of these candidates actually offer. Do we know what they offer? Do you know what their gender is? Uh, we know that they both have uh, different approaches. They've had different approaches to their campaigns and it's been interesting to see the issues that they've brought forward. And uh, I wonder which ones will light the fire uh, for these uh, uh, delegates who have been voting. We know that right now we're still in the uh, phase where voting has been completed and we've been told that accounting has begun. Let's take a quick one and then we'll be back after this. Channel Africa has good news for you. We have extended our reach. If you have an iPad or iPhone, download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com. If you have a cell phone, then get our Android app at Google Store. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us, White John Channel Africa. This is uh, uh, Channel Africa, where we broadcast into Sub-Saharan Africa. We are South Africa's international mandate. Remember, you can uh, uh, really uh, join us on our DSTV channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And also, we are online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Of course, that's if you're not listening to us via our shortwave service. Well, let me come back to you, Tapelo, before... I wrap it up with both you and Ranesh in terms of uh, the agenda setting here that has already been established by both candidates. We know that Kosazana uh, Zaminizum has already taken a very much uh, pro-black approach, land reform approach, uh, speaking a lot about uh, the whole issue of uh, uh, education, education, and you know those kind of issues. What what, what do you think of uh, the agendas that has been set by both uh, these? Uh, 
main candidates in the presidency for the ANC. We know Cyril Ramaphosa was speaking about anti-corruption issues were like that were more on uh, uh, building the economy once again. So it was a different approach from him, almost a very uh, capital liber- liberal approach. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. Look, I think Look, I think one that that's a huge question, and I think it's a, it's an in, it's an important question to ask and to obviously respond to. One, I think the organi- the ANC is a unitary organization. Mm. One, so there's only one ANC, but but it's also a big organization, and there are many policies. And I mm. think, given the 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 interest of a particular presidential candidate, they are going to have a particular preference for mm. certain policies over others. Sure. And it's quite clear that for for Russell is around rule of law, constitutional mm. democracy, making sure that the chapter nine institutions are safeguarded and so on and so forth. Mm. So that whether instances of corruption, there can be proper you know, prosecutions taking place and investigations. Mm. So, so I think that's the campaign ticket that he's running on, mm. which is still part of the policies of the ANC. How do mm. you stabilize both the government and the party and, and around issues, particularly around the party, around issues of organizational reform? Mm. So I think he represents that. But I think then for people like NDZ and Didi Mabuza, it's, it's about some of the other policies of the ANC which are around harder interventions into the economy. So the issue of the state bank, mm. the issue of ownership of the reserve bank, and mm. uh, the issue of, 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 of SASA or rather the post office as well. Mm. So those are important discussions and, and how does the ANC then, you know, um, you know, s- sort of position itself in, so in the media as well. I mean, you have to understand that also ANN7, if I may slightly be a bit mm. controversial, is also, in a sense, a product of some of the debates inside the ANC. Mm-hmm. Remember there was a debate years ago about whether does the ANC regulate the media much more clearly mm-hmm. or does, does it launch its own media house, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I think ANN7, for me, emerges out of that conversation. Sure. So people want to carry on with that, you know, that actually... Yes, there's a need for obviously to stabilize given that. I mean, Danel effectively said they have no money to pay salaries. Mm-hmm. We saw that the bailing out of SAA mm-hmm. just recently. ESCOM as well said they don't, but they found you know, $3.1 billion somewhere else, mm-hmm. which is fine. But given that context, I think there's a larger impulse inside the ANC to say, but we just want right now to secure the Chapter 9 institutions, make sure that the economy is, well, is, is doing correctly, solve the issue of youth unemployment and so on and so forth, stabilize all of these things. Once you have growth and development, then you can look get to these other issues of, of, of radical interventions into the economy. Mm-hmm. So I think both of these are representing different impulses okay. in terms of obviously policies of the ANC. But but these are not necessarily, you know, something that we must treat as though they are non ANC or one represents a, a DA inside the ANC. Okay. The ANC is quite big. Yeah. Uh, Ronash, from your perspective, I know that we are in waiting mode to that side in NASRAC, but what can we expect for the rest of today and uh, for the rest of this particular conference itself? Well, Benjamin, you know, like I told uh, Sakina very early this morning, it's going to be a very, very long night for (laughs) all of us. We left Mm. the uh, building yesterday just after 9 o'clock, assuming that there's not going to be any more media briefings, you know, votings are going to take place. But then we went up to Twitter, and suddenly voting was open. (laughs) And the Free State was the first province to go vote, then the Western Cape, then Pumalanga went in at uh, 2.30, Northwest followed, and then I think we just left with one or two provinces. I think the last time I checked, it was Gauteng and Limpopo. So Mm. voting should wrap up very, very soon. Results should be verified and audited uh, audited by the elections agency. And like I said earlier, we do expect some kind of result around 2.30, but knowing the ANC, you know, they start at six and a half hours, later than usual on, uh, on, you know, on the first day. So I'm expecting maybe, you know, give or take around 6 o'clock, things will start, yeah. you know, clearing up for all of us. We're watching this race very, very closely. <laughs> yeah.
And, and l- l- let me ask you, Tapil, in terms of what made this conference, someone was asking me, yes, I think on Saturday when we were watching it on, on television, and we were, were, they were asking, what, what is making this conference such a big conference for people to be looking at it with such zoomed-in eyes? Look, I think there's, there's a lot at stake. For me, this, this conference uh, you know, reminds me of, obviously I was not there, just prior to 1994. Or the days or the years just co- going into 1996. The, the unfortunate we're in a situation where, again, we don't, you know, it, we've just lost 50 billion off of SARS in terms of mm. collection of revenues. One there, there's the problem with the parastatals. Um, there's problems with the, with the economy, given what also rating agencies are saying about us. There's the issue of political stability of these Chapter 9 institutions. So all of these things are a problem, and I think it represents, in a sense, what was happening again in 1994 around RDP. So yeah. there are, you know, people wanting much more radical interventions, yeah, but yeah, in sure. an environment where I think there's a shrinking economic mm. pot in that yeah, sense. Sure. And, and, and that's quite difficult. So I think there's the, the quite obviously higher stakes for many of these people, given that there aren't also rather instances of corruption and so forth, and how do you deal with those instances? Do you prosecute? Mm. Um, so, so given that if a particular faction emerges from this conference and it's not the one that has been ruling in the sense, you may find that there's going to be a lot of prosecuting of those individuals mm. after this. Mm. So I think that that's partly one is, is, is the issue. And two, there's the issue of then what do you do with some of the provinces? I mean, the local government, provincial governments are in a mess. Mm. Um, some of the municipalities don't have money to, again to, to pay people's salaries and so forth. So, so all of those problems, given the rhetoric coming from Cyril, it's quite clear that he's going to put the lid on all of these things. Obviously, mm. it, won't, it won't be in, in a few years where he's able to solve these things if he wins, obviously. Mm. But it's quite clear that a lot of people may, may be, you know, losing their jobs, going to jail, da 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 mm. so, so I think that's, that's what heightens... case as well as pending. Correct, yeah. Quite correct. Yeah. So, so that's what heightens the, the, the issues. But one last point that I want to make, obviously... Part of what so has been interesting about this, you know, since since 2007, effectively, mm-hmm. and, and now sort of the Jacob Zuma administration, is that a different set of questions were allowed to be asked publicly, mm-hmm. as opposed to the time when, you know, Tawambegi was still presiding sure, over sure, the state. Sure. So it's quite interesting that all of these questions are, are around, you know, what happens to the land, what happens mm-hmm. to the economy, what's happening in you know, private sector around issues of racism and so forth. These things are, are not things that largely came out in the way that they have during the time of Tawambegi. So I think this is what catalyzes the conference, given that there has been a, a re-emergence quite mm. sharply of a populist rhetoric. You see this in the Fees Must Fall, you mm. see this in the EFF and mm. so forth, which which represents politically a different pole mm. from what the ANC has been representing historically. Well, we'll see what's going to unfold and which direction the ANC will go as we still are awaiting the results or who will be the next leader, who will be the next president of the African National Congress. Thank you, Tapelo, uh, uh, for coming into our studio. That's who is a political analyst who gave us his time and great uh, contribution to our program. Thank you, Ronesh Doraja, who is uh, joining us from SABC, specialist researcher there. I hope that uh, you got a bit of rest, Ronesh. Did you get some sleep a little bit in your car? or How, how are you navigating yourself that side? Well, just three hours <laughs> of sleep, and we had to get here at 5.30 oh, very, very sure. early. But thanks, Benjamin. It was always great speaking to you. Well, thanks for being a champ and giving us your time, Ronesh. That's Ronesh Taraj, who is a specialist researcher at the SABC. And right there at NASRAC, where all the action is taking place. It's-